Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiaga Prem Singh. Thanks, for, as always, for listening to this podcast. I know I've been kind of slacking for a bit, so thank you for being patient with me. I've been placing a lot of emphasis on the development of the Tiaga Prem Singh uh, YouTube, which you can check out and subscribe. Uh, just head over to my Instagram, and there's a link on my link tree how to get in touch with that. Trying to get up to 100 subscribers so I can have the URL and it's easy for me to give to you instead of XYE736 blah blah blah, whatever they do. So check it out, Tiago Premsing YouTube. Super stoked about today's episode where I will be talking with you about neutrality, about awareness and building the fire of awareness, where we'll be discussing destiny and the pushback that it will always come with living a destiny or living a dharmic life, uh, going into the pain and falling in love with yourself uh, and remembering always that all great masters experience challenge. I'm really excited about sharing this episode with you. I've been recording the discourse uh, as often as I can when I teach. And uh, so I've got some backlog that is ready to come out. So I'll try and stay on top of that so I can get it to you, the listeners. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends. Please rate and review it on iTunes or uh, Spotify or wherever you're listening. Uh, and most of all, please support the Dharma Temple. Please come out to events. Please book me to come to your yoga center or uh, also Please uh, don't hesitate to reach out for one-on-one -on -one spiritual counseling or counseling with recovery and addiction, uh, whatever it is that you could use support in. I love working with teachers who want to learn more about Kundalini Yoga or have a deeper foundation with yoga philosophy, that sort of thing. You can reach me at Tiaga Prem at thedharmatemple.com anytime. So without further ado, here is, I think it's episode 53. We're getting up there anyways. I'm, I'm stoked to be able to share this one with you. We called it Kundalini Yoga, when the honeymoon is over. So without further ado, here it is, when the honeymoon is over. Love you. Sat Nam. So something I've been noticing with people lately is they're coming out of some kind of honeymoon period with the kundalini yoga. And that's good, that means they're making progress. But while they're going through it, they're feeling a lot of discomfort. Now, what happens, just like a relationship, there's, it's a polarity planet, so there's good and bad in your relationships, you know? There's blessings and there's challenges, isn't there? You know? and this stuff especially you're going to uh, experience extreme polarities because the purpose of the practice is to cultivate the neutral mind and it's the neutral mind in relationship to positive and negative the sage the tenth master Guru Gobind Singh he said life is like a potter's wheel you know the potter's wheel like in the movie Ghost <laughs> Yeah, some people are like, what is that? But if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But the potter's wheel that turns. And he said, life comes flying off like the clay on the potter's wheel. And angels and devils come towards the sage. And the sage sits unaffected by both. Doesn't mean that the sage pretends they're not there. They just understand that the nature of reality is, is that there's going to be blessings and challenges. It's just the way it is. And the sage is able to manage that. So what happens is, you know, say you start to develop a consistent sadhana, you know, daily spiritual practice, and you start to feel some levity. 
Maybe you even experience some signs and wonders, you know, like we just said, you start to notice like the synchronicities that are happening around you. And it's like, wow, this stuff is really potent, man. And you don't, you hear the teacher say, but it's always going to carry the exact opposite. And you go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're in it, it's hard to recognize it. Like say you said, okay, I've been working towards opening this new business for the past three years or something. And I've been like thinking about the name and I've been, you know, working on getting the social media and the email accounts. And I've made the declaration that I'm going to do it. And you're getting to that time where you're, the doors are going to open and it's been filled with some challenges, but it's mostly excitement. You're going to experience the opposite of that. Once the doors are open, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed, you know, I had a previous business to this one, some of you know, and I went through all kinds of hell, you know, because I had an investor who was supposed to be a silent investor. And I went through all these challenges when they decided they didn't want to be a silent investor, including go to court and do all this stuff that you don't want to do. But now when I look back at the experience, I learned so much during the negative time that I'm able to expand from a business standpoint. So I actually needed both. If that never happened, if I never went through the negative challenges, I would have just stayed stagnant. It's like a child. If I do everything for my daughter, like I never teach her to tie her shoes or to like cut up her own food or to ride a bike or to stand up for herself on the schoolyard, I'm always doing everything, then it's not good for her, is it? You know, and if I force her to do everything, even when things are out of her reach, she won't trust me. And we have to cultivate the same relationship with ourselves, and know that you're diving deep into the subconscious mind doing this work. And you're going beyond the surface reality. And while you do that, you're going to experience both. That's the beauty of the Kundalini Yoga, because you know, maybe you're doing something that you don't like, like the set today is a bit unpleasant, you know. <laughs> don't worry, it's not like 10 out of 10 hard or anything. It's like a 7, 7.5 maybe out of 10 difficulty. But while you're doing it, the idea is to cultivate a state of neutrality. And the Yogi Patanjali who wrote the Yoga Sutras, he said, when you're beginning in yoga and you're experiencing something challenging, what should you do? Meet it with the opposite, he said. And if you meet it with the opposite, over time you will experience neutrality. It's just the way it works. So when you're going through some uncomfortable situation, what do you rely on? Breath and sound. That's it, you know, and it's simple. And the cool thing is, is that you can do this anytime. You don't have to do a 90 minute Kriya in order to experience that neutrality. Want to try a simple exercise that you could do in the day if you have five minutes? Let's do it. So sit tall, close your eyes. Now, don't meditate. The room full of people came to a two-hour kundalini yoga class. They're going to start meditating. Don't meditate. Just sit there. Don't do anything. 
Don't do any mechanical breathing. Don't do anything. And all I want you to do is notice that you're breathing. Just notice that the breath is coming in and out of your body. Don't change it, just notice. If you're thinking, no problem, just let your mind think. But notice that you're breathing. Now, inhale very deeply through the nose, fill the lungs. Hold the breath, squeeze the pelvic floor and stretch your spine from the root to the crown. Hold. Relax your pelvic floor, breathe out. Now don't do anything, just notice. Notice that you're breathing, that you're alive. Not your identity, just your breath. Breath of life. And inhale again deeply. Hold the breath. Contract the rectum, the navel. Hold. And exhale. Don't move, just stay completely still and observe. Notice that you're breathing, that you're alive. Last time, inhale deeply. Hold the breath, squeeze the root lock, stretch the spine. Hold the breath, just 10 seconds. And exhale, relax. And then you can open your eyes. Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? What are you practicing when you do that? Breathing, that's obvious. But what are you practicing primarily when you do that? Awareness. Isn't it? Don't do anything. Just notice that you're breathing and then suspend your breath. Notice that you're not. That's it. That's awareness. And Kundalini Yoga is the yoga of awareness. We start to bring other components into it that will actually work on the systems in the body to function more effectively. And we got to put a little more pressure. It's like building a fire. When you start building a fire, Something like that is like the little kindling or something, little branches, right? 
But if you just burn branches and you don't put any logs in the fire, what is the longevity or the endurance of the fire? It's not going to burn long, is it? What's the quality of the fire going to be like? It's going to be good. It will still make a fire. You know what I'm saying? But is it going to put big logs in the fire? I went to see this uh, Buddhist monk speak last weekend. And he was born into the Tibetan tradition. So his father was a meditation teacher. He became a monk at a young age. And he's uh, really dedicated to his path his whole life. And eventually he decided he would go off on a wandering without credit cards and without anybody knowing where he is. For this very reason. Like he was like, is all this training any, for any good? Like, could I actually make it in the world? I'm doing a lot of meditation here, but all I'm doing is taking care of the uh, monastery as an abbot. So he made a, like a runaway note or whatever. <laughs> he made a runaway note. And he had a whole scheme too, you know? It was like a week before he was going to leave, he started telling everyone in the monastery that he was doing deep meditations and he was not to be disturbed during certain times during the day so that he would get away like a head start so they wouldn't know where he was. And he replaced the lock on the front door like it was a whole big thing. And when you're meditating like that, what are you going to do to put the logs on the fire to keep the intensity of the practice burning? He left for four and a half years. And by foot, by train, if people would pay up into the mountains, went to pilgrimage sites, you know, nearly died. But you understand, you don't have to do that because you're y'all are householders, so chances are you're not doing like 30 years of 10 hours a day meditation, but you're going to have to put bigger logs on the fire because you're here to serve a destiny. And is there going to be pushback? You know, that's like I'm saying, this theme with the students, like they declare they're going to do something and they're feeling great and they've seen the signs of and wonders and the practices help them get sober or the practices help them show up as a better parent or the practice has helped them, you know, whatever it is, be more creative in the practice. And they make a declaration to step into the next phase of this is how I'm going to live my Dharma. And they think, isn't it going to be wonderful and the heavens are going to part and people are looking for the signs of, you know, everything just opens so it must be the right path. Uh-uh, it doesn't work like that. Intense resistance comes. And then, if you can move through the resistance from a place of neutrality where you know that you're where you're meant to be, and no matter what comes down the way you're going to get through, that's dharmic living. Because you're not affected by your karmas. Because your karmas are coming no matter what. Some of your karmas have nothing to do with you. They're from great uncle Joe or something, you know, for real. And some of them are not even from this bloodline, from other incarnations, you know. So you can't really do too much about those, like the difference between fate and destiny. Fate is coming no matter what. Like, put your hand up if you know how many more breaths you're going to have before you die. Nobody knows. That's fate. 
But what you do in between now and then is really a choice, isn't it? And you can choose whether you align with destiny or not. And the beautiful thing about these yogic teachings is everybody is going to eventually align, but not necessarily in this life. They say 84 million years or lifetimes to get a human birth. So you've been alive for 84 million lifetimes. Maybe not even on this planet. I know we're getting out there now, but this is what they say. And then they say within that 84 million, as long as you don't do something really awful, it will take you 84,000 to become awakened. You know, so you're well on your way. But the question is, are you ready to face into it? And it doesn't matter if it's hard, I'm going to do this. Or are you going to avoid the pain and suffering? You know, for the approval of others or... And get yourself to a place where you're so in love with who you are that nothing outside of you can validate you. Nothing outside of you can really affect you because you know exactly who you are. That's dharmic living. You know. Our teacher, Yogi Ji, said, look at the great sages that came before you. He said, Jesus, they killed him for his dharma. You know, the story is not, well, Jesus was born and then he had a really nice life and his parents got him a nice cart and donkey and then you know, he got a nice shop and he made some money and ate some good food and had a good night's sleep and died. There's millions of stories like that. So why, are, why is he living hereafter? Because he listened. Now, the stupid shit that happens with religion and that kind of thing is that people say, oh, well, he's the only one who can do that. That's not real. Even he said, you know, ask a historian, he said you can do even greater things. Actually, you should. Especially in this world that we live in. You know what I mean? But in order to do that, you're going to have to put some big logs on the fire. You know, I think about... I have a seven-year-old daughter who's going to grow up in this world. I better put some serious logs on my fire and some on hers too. Otherwise, she's going to be taken advantage of, exploited, you know, isn't it? But we have the tools, you know, and we have to do some of the things we don't like. Not only, now I do my sadhana every day so that I can do the things that I like through the day. My sadhana is not a thing of like, ah. Oh, 4.30 a.m., here we go. Like, every time, it's a nuisance. Every time. Today was a nuisance. You know, today I did this set. It was a complete nuisance. But you know how I felt throughout the rest of the day? Clear. It was worth it. You know? And I'm always thinking about what is the long-term return. Like, I think of things in terms of energy investments. What is the long-term return of this if I participate in this? If I participate in the sadhana, the long-term return for the day is it will carry me to around supper time. Unless something really crazy happens. You know? But if I drink a cup of coffee straight out of bed, 
it'll carry me for 45 minutes. I don't care about that. It's not even kindling. You know, give me the big logs. Or what I eat, you know, once in a while I eat potato chips or something. But what is the long-term return? It's not good or bad, just energetically, what is the return? You know? If I take 10 minutes and if I eat really clean, plant-based foods, organic, made with love at lunch, and then I take a 10-minute nap after before I return to my work, the return is huge. You know? But if I eat while I'm walking down the street on my phone, you know, people do crazy stuff. What is the return in that? So it's no longer about right or wrong or should do this or shouldn't do that. You just notice energetically what is the return of this. And the reason why I continue to practice and teach Kundalini Yoga is the return is massive. You know, and it goes. Like I go and do these pilgrimages that the return is like six months. And you know that when you're doing something that has a six-month return, is it easy? No. It's a nightmare. You know, 13 and a half hours of intense cold and testing your, while you're praying, you know. And you're asking yourself the whole time, why the f am I doing this? But there's some part of you that knows. You know. Is this making sense? So that's what it's for. And then when you, when you leave your practice, go do what you want to do. Paint, make music, you know, be a parent, become a politician, do something with it, whatever you're called to do, because it will carry you. 100% guaranteed. Only one catch. You have to do it. That's the hard part. You have to do it. You know?